welcome to the Supply Chain Careers Podcast, the only podcast for job seekers, professionals, and students who are focused on career-enhancing conversations and insights across all aspects of the supply chain discipline. This podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com. I'm your podcast co-host, Mike Ogle. And I'm your podcast co-host, Chris Gaffney. In this episode of the Supply Chain Careers Podcast, we speak with Dr. Oliver Hedgepath, who is a former trucking company business owner and founding director of the Army's AI Center for Logistics. He is currently a full-time professor at American Public University, an institution focusing on teaching military students. Oliver shares his passion for the growing areas of reverse logistics and artificial intelligence. He also talks with us about the importance of growing your network by providing valued insights that provide a give so you can be noticed and get. He encourages companies to hire the military because of all the great soft skill characteristics they bring with them. He closes with a focus on pursuing a career that makes you happy because that makes everyone around you more happy and more inspired. Oliver, we're happy to have you with us today. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm looking forward to our discussion. How did you get started in supply chain? What were some of the greatest influences that got you started and helped you along the way? I've been working around supply chain activities in the government for you know, a couple of decades and uh, worked for the uh, Army logistics organizations, especially around Fort Lee, Virginia. But uh, in Leavenworth, I was involved in what logistics is for the military, weapons logistics. But one of the biggest things that got me involved in supply chain was owning a trucking company. I was the silent partner, but I had all the money. I purchased nine 18-wheelers and got involved in the trucking business. And we had contracts with uh, Coca-Cola and Frito-Lay and the military. So I learned all aspects of the accounting business as well as supply chain management and logistics. And we did that for a number of years. And so I had about 10 years of personal experience owning and running uh, a trucking company. And finally, I did get rid of my assets and sold it off because of the fuel crisis we had back in 2008, you may recall, where fuel doubled. And I learned one of the supply chain lessons was if you have a contract with the federal government, it's different than Coca-Cola or Frito-Lay. I got a contract with Coca-Cola and says, here's how much we're going to pay you to deliver our Coca-Cola, big bags of Coca-Cola syrup, juice. And if something happens and the fuel prices double, you could call them up and say, well, you know, can we modify the contract? And they say, no, we can't, but then they would. But you call the U.S. government up and they say, well, this piece of paper we signed is good for one year. So come back in eight months and we'll renegotiate. In the meantime, you're losing money on each load that you load up, say, at Fort Lee, Virginia, and deliver to a, a secret Navy base somewhere, and you're losing money. And you can't stop because you'll break the contract. So learning firsthand what supply chain management is about. And then I started teaching it, and I've been teaching supply chain management for 30 years. I'd love to bridge your start in the supply chain to today with what you think are the two or three kind of critical roles or experiences that set you up to be successful in your current role. 
Well, my current role, what has really made me more successful is understanding the service supply chain functions, sustainability. Other people may call it reverse logistics, but that is the most critical thing I, I've studied or been involved in for the last 10 years, looking at the reverse logistics, the returns and recycling, waste management of the things that are in the supply chain and uh, recycling those. One of the most important things that has happened, especially in the last two years, is sustainability in supply chain. Every every major company, Walmart, Target, the little teeny you know mom and pop store, they're suffering with thirty uh, percent of their goods that they're not receiving, or thirty percent of the goods they've got to return, or thirty percent of the goods that the customers are returning. So there's a lot of issues here, and that's one of the focuses that I've learned a lot, and I think is uh, important to know about today. A lot of our listeners they may not know what American Public University is about. Can you give us a little bit of background about the organization, who you teach and serve, and possibly where the graduates go? Yes, be glad to. American Public University System, APUS, is also called American Military University. We have two labels we use, and we've been around 30 years. We started as an online institution, mainly for the military. The military would get college courses all over the country all over the world, and they wanted to pull them all together after 15 or 20 years of service and get a college degree out of it. The military wouldn't do it. So we formed the university, got approval, and did that 30 years ago. And We learned how to move their courses they'd taken, the three-credit course they took at a university in Frankfurt, Germany, or Japan, or Montana, or Memphis, Tennessee, when they were in service, and glued together, and all of a sudden they've got two years in a college degree. And then we started teaching them the other junior, senior courses in logistics, supply chain management, and just management and business management and accounting so they could earn a degree. So that's what we started doing. And we're still an online, virtual, online, e-learning now university. And we teach courses that give you a bachelor's degree, a, a master's degree, and we now have one that's at a doctorate level, a PhD We've got 50 students in that, and I think the first graduates are coming out June 2022. The courses I teach are logistics, supply chain management, operations management, critical thinking skills, artificial intelligence for logistics. And so I focus on the areas that I have my expertise in, in my business world, my business world of supply chain management expert and owner of a company, but also what I learned as an engineering management specialist from Old Dominion University, where I got my PhD. And I learned how to solve problems in a critical thinking sense. But I also learned how to teach mathematics to people who are afraid of mathematics, such as a logistics person is afraid of mathematics. (laughs) Ways to count boxes that don't scare the bejesus out of them. We can do that because they've got to count the boxes and understand the numbers, understand how to measure something. That's my area. And American Public University teaches all of that. And it's very exciting. We also have some degrees in intelligence. We have a lot of people who come from FBI and CIA, DIA, those companies, organizations that are in intelligence business. So we have some courses that give you a college degree in intelligence management. And we are fully accredited. We stand up with any other accredited university. I've been there for 10 years now and looking forward to being there in another 10 or 20 more years. It's just exciting. I must say one more thing about American Public University. We have the only bachelor's degree and master's degree 
course offering in reverse logistics. Well, Oliver, you're clearly well-connected. And over the course of your professional and academic career, you've met a lot of people. So I'd like to little get your view on the idea of networking and developing your network and how valuable has that been for you along the way? And what advice do you have for those earlier in their career starting or continuing to develop their own network of contacts and resources to help them? Well, the first thing to do is you need to join a few things. You need to join a few of these organizations you know, that have to do with logistics or supply chain management or artificial intelligence or anything to do uh, with the, the business side that you want to go into. If you want to be an accountant, make sure there are accountant organizations. But whatever it is, join one of those and go to a conference. Okay, it may cost you $1,000. It's worth it because you'll go, you'll see 1,000 people or 500 people today who are in charge of maybe a university or maybe in charge of a company. You'll meet people from Coca-Cola. You'll meet people from Frito-Lay in charge of logistics. That's where I started out. And I advise all the younger people getting their college degrees or trying to get it or just in the business of logistics and go to a conference and attend and listen and and pay attention, but then raise your hand and ask a question. And once you get familiar with it, next year, you sign up and you say, I'll give a lecture on 30 minutes on the best way to pack a box label so everybody can use it properly, to pack a label on a box that's in Spanish as well as English. And why? Why do you need it in Spanish and English? And when it says, keep frozen, how do you say keep frozen on that side so it doesn't wind up in a 110 degree tarmac in Kansas City in August as it's being loaded onto an airplane. Give a lecture and you will establish contacts. You will establish relationships. I learned in my early career, learn to write and you learn to write. Write something, not for a journal, but for a magazine. If there's a company in-house magazine, write something about what's going on in the warehouse and get your name out there. Bob Smith said this about the warehouse. Wow, that's kind of neat. Next, Learn to stand on the stage for 15 minutes and talk to 500 people about something. You're an expert at something and the audience is willing to listen. You get up there and speak for 15 minutes. Get your confidence so that you can talk to people about a variety of subjects. Learn to talk, learn to write, but also join organizations. You will be successful if you do that. You will be successful. Oliver, I have a lot of passion about this topic, but the points you raised are great. It's a two-way street. It's one thing to say, I'm building a network so that people can help me. But your key message there is you've got to invest. You've got to be willing to give to get. So I really like that insight there. Yes. You can't just sit back and say, okay, company, send me somewhere so I can meet these people. And they say, well, we don't have budget for you to go to a conference. Well, they pay you a nice salary. Put together that $500 or $1,000 and go. Now, there will be some free ones. I worked in the Washington, D.C. area. There are free government-sponsored conferences going on or lectures where experts around the world are brought in to talk about a subject. Come and listen to them and then get up and shake their hands or, again, meet other people. That's a good way to do it without spending too much money. But just tell your boss, I need to be off next Tuesday. I'm going down to this site and, and you're going to listen to it. You may listen to a contract being read. You'll find out how contracts are made, how they've been approved. Go to at least one of those paid conferences and you invest. Just like going to college and investing in your education. You must invest in your education. If the company will pay for it, that's good. But if they won't, 
You do it because you will reap the rewards for your life. And even later, you'll be surprised how many people will want to talk to you. You're talking about some of the advice as far as networking to both professionals and and on the academic side. But given all that industry and academic experience, if you just focus on the students for a moment, how would you advise them today to prepare themselves for a supply chain career? The world is changing. The definition of supply chain and the definition of logistics is changing. This pandemic, the last two years, has modified what it means to be in the supply chain business. You need to learn about it. Also, understand and learn and read about artificial intelligence. You don't need a college degree in it. Artificial intelligence is smart machines. A lot of you are aware of this already. You've got a car. I just bought a 2021. It talks to me. If I put groceries in the back seat and then get home and turn the car off, it reminds me, get the package out of the back seat. Learn about how these smart technologies are changing your life, but also helping people do their job in the warehouse. When you look for the next job, you want to use your experience and some education to get a better job paying job. You want to move up to the next level of management or go to another company. Learn about this machine intelligence that's out there. Learn what it's helping people do. Read about it. Go visit it somewhere. Look at what's happening to Amazon. I work with Amazon, and they've got a lot of little robots that are running around moving boxes. If you look at an Amazon organization, you see a few people working around, but you see a lot of automation running around. Automation is here to help you. Automation may replace you in a job, but there's going to be a better job and better paying one working with automation. So learn about automation too. During this short break, we recognize that this podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the supply chain job board at supplychaincareers.com. Now, Oliver, you've got a lot of time working with the military, in the military, around the military, and military runs some of the largest and most sophisticated supply chains in the world. And it's clear to me in industry that there's a growing focus on helping veterans post-career and getting them plugged in and to leverage their experience in industry. What's your perception on how far we've come in tapping into that resource? What's worked best? And then what do we need to do to make that process of getting that that talent pool into the industry? Well, the last 10 years, I've taught over 7,000 people. My students, for the majority part, are military. Companies out there, they're not just willing to hire the military. They want to hire a military. You may be a little afraid to apply for a job at some company because you don't think you have the expertise. You do have the expertise, and they know it. Plus, they're looking for military because you've been well-schooled in how to follow rules and regulations. You understand how things break and you know how to fix them. You understand how to do actions that won't break. You understand how to deal with people. A military person is a great person to deal with people. The companies today are hiring more military, I think, than I've ever seen in the last 30 years. My six or 7,000 students, they're getting that college degree in logistics, getting a bachelor's degree. Because if you've got that college degree, you'll get a higher salary. If you've got your just experience, that's good enough. You'll come in and get a nice salary, a nice job, but it won't be that higher paying job. 
you get that college degree, the companies say, you know, they spent enough of their own time to go and invest in that time while they're raising their children, raising their husband, their wife, their grandmother, working at the same time. They get a college degree. They know you're trying to get better. The military is really being hired today, more so than ever before. I've had good experience with that. I think what we've learned is if you've already got some folks with military experience in the organization, you can use them to help folks assimilate and make that transition. And I do think you need to give people some advocates to make that transition. But to your point, I think a lot of companies are now seeing that as a valuable source and are getting a bit more structured about how to do it and how to get these folks on their team. I think people in the military, they may not know about it. I hope they're listening. Please reach out there. You're going to be surprised in a positive way what's out there for you, the jobs that are there for you, high-paying jobs. Is there anything that the students get at your university to help them through the transition process or to plan for it better? We've got advisors that help our military. We have a wonderful program of, of advisors who will bring you in. They will advise you not only to be a student, but also how to take certain courses based on your expertise or your dreams, your vision. You've got a vision and you've got goals. They will listen to you and advise you to take certain courses and get a certain degree, whether it's a two-year degree or a four-year degree or the topic. They're not just an advisor. They're a mentor. We have a lot of military who've hired to be the advisor and counselor for you as a military person. It really is a great place to be if you're military. And how about the transition on the way out at the end as well to be able to help people make that transition into just regular civilian jobs? That's why a lot of our advisors are military, as I said. And they went through that transition part, that two years, where they advise them. And when they get ready to apply for a civilian job, don't just send your resume that shows all the medals and all the awards and all your military backgrounds. They teach you how to rewrite your resume. They teach you how to understand what's going on. And they really they hold your hand. Here's how to go for the interview. They're really your counselor. They're more than just a college degree. They're more than just a college factory. They are there to really enhance the next level of your military life, to reach that next goal where you're going as a civilian. As your students have been out there going into industry, there's a lot of things that they end up seeing that that keep changing, of course. And over the 30 years of teaching, we've certainly seen a lot of change in supply chain and the way that industry works. But if you were trying to tell somebody right now, what are two or three of the biggest influences that you would say you need to be aware of as you're starting your supply chain career? First, understand what artificial intelligence or machine intelligence is, because you may not have had that exposure in your military career. You may have seen it. You may have seen some robots running around or some drones flying around. But it's more than that. Artificial intelligence is part of the tool in your toolbox of how to manage people, how to move a box, how to be a supervisor. But that's one of the big things happening right there is is understanding the machine technology that's around you. That's probably the most important. Next, right now, I guess that we call it the service or sustainability supply chain. Understand reverse logistics. The Reverse Logistics Association, RLA. Look at what they do. Read some of their publications. Understand sustainability. Understand the service supply chain, how things come back. There are jobs out there and how to reduce waste or do other things like that. And what do you do with a box that comes back? What do you do with the packaging? Do you use plastic? Do you use cardboard? What kind of plastic do you put things in? 
How do you package something? That's a big issue today because there's a great deal on environmental protection that, that the whole country is after. We don't want to waste a lot of things. We want to reuse things. So understand that aspect. The hard thing is what happens when it comes back and you're in charge of a warehouse. You've got to have a plan before they come back. So understand AI, understand reverse logistics or sustainability. Now, Oliver, I think that's, again, great perspective and advice. In the space of artificial intelligence, I went and got a younger employee to be my coach. And he said, the first thing you could do is read a $6 book. And the book is called Prediction Machines. And it explains <laughs> artificial intelligence in very simple terms for supply chain folks. I'd advise people that'd be a good place to start. And I agree with you that the world of reverse logistics and reverse supply chains is a world of opportunities. Now, you talk to us about some of the courses you teach in problem solving and critical thinking, but I'd love for you to tell us about a large problem or challenge that you faced somewhere along your career and how did you sort through it and what did it teach you about your own problem solving skills? One of the problems that I've been trying to deal with is how to recycle plastic plastic bottles. I worked with the uh, milk company up in Anchorage, Alaska. I was working with them and they had a big problem with what to do with recycled plastic bottles. And we worked for about 10 years. I worked with them on that. It was a major problem. And how do you deal with it? It's the waste management aspect. And I learned a great deal about the supply chain, where the bottle caps come from, where the bottles come from, where the printing came from, what the ink was on the paper. It was amazing to find that there are so many things that impact your decisions to recycle. How do you tear something up and use it for another purpose? And we worked hard to try to find various ways. And we did finally work with several organizations, artists. We worked with a bunch of artists, and they found out how to turn plastic bottles into clothing. We worked with some chemical companies and how to turn the plastic bottles and regrind those things. And today, you can go to a store and buy some clothing that feels pretty good, and it's made from recycled bottles. It's really good looking. It feels good. It doesn't wrinkle. But that was the biggest things I was trying to do is learn how to do that. Recycling, again, that was the biggest one. I really loved it. Recycling is fun and returns and returns of products. Again, that reverse logistics is just, wow, it's just all over the place. That was my biggest exciting adventure. Obviously, you have a wealth of experience. So if you have to offer a few tidbits of advice navigating a career as you navigated it, what would be the most precious one or two pieces of advice you would offer for our listeners? I would offer to the listeners to ask yourself, what makes you happy? If you just want to get a paycheck, well, there's lots of jobs, go get it. But what job, what career will make you happy? Because if it makes you happy, that's your identity. And you can tell people later, hey, look at me. Look for the vision. You will find that there are many opportunities out there. Identify that goal and vision that makes you happy. That's my advice to you before you even start that college degree. If you're in the military, for example, you want to have a good second career. But what do you really want to do that will make you happy? In the military, you were told, here's what you're going to do. Well, now you tell yourself what you want to do. You deal with people in a different and more friendly way, I think, sometimes, listening to them. I say so just find that goal, that vision. You've got a vision where you want to be in 10 years. You're getting ready to get out this year. 
Where do you want to be in 10 years? But say where you want to be and then look at those steps and then make some actionable steps and then take those steps. It may be a college degree. It may be a certificate in how to manage artificial intelligence robots in a warehouse. Then go take that certificate at the local community college. Yeah, it's a small course. You'll find that it's very interesting. And there is a way to turn it into a paycheck and make you even happier and have fun along the way. You want a job that gives you fun. When you come home at night, you don't wipe your head and sweat and say, God, thank God I'm off work today. I don't want to go back tomorrow. You want to come home and say, honey, let me tell you how great it was today. And be excited while you're eating supper saying, wow, look what we did. That's what you want to do. The next thing is to talk about reverse logistics, sustainability, logistics. And that's really where the jobs are. I'd say the next 10 years, boom. Okay, look at what's happening because this sustainability exploded returns. Companies went nuts trying to find out how do we deal with all these shoes coming back and dresses and other garments, even food. So there's food, a a bruised apple that used to go to a landfill. Let me tell you. Food reverse logistics is there too. So that's my most exciting thing. Look at reverse logistics. Oliver, thank you for a great conversation and your insights about supply chain careers. Well, thank you very much. This has been the most exciting topic, and I really love talking to you about this. And and there's so much going on in the world in these areas. I'm glad people are, are interested in it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Supply Chain Careers Podcast. Be sure to listen to other episodes and sign up to be notified when future episodes are released as we continue to interview industry-leading supply chain experts. This podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com.